0: Radio Misfits Podcast Network.
1: From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week.
0: Oh, there you go. See, that's the sound I always want to get, and thank you, Brian. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Winemakers. I'm John Myers with my really good friends, Brian Casey, and of course, Bart Hansen and Cynthia Costco from pa- Passaggio. Yeah. How are you doing, kid? I'm good great. to see you. I'm great. Thanks. Excellent. So, hey, wow, what a beautiful day in Sonoma, California. Stunning week, and it's been a little hot, but... Man, the effect on the crops, guys. What's going on in the field? Well, is there is crazy. no, there is
1: no crop at this point. It's <laughs> well, just a few leaves growing. I've um, seen more than I, that. I, uh, w- I have.
0: What have you Posting, seen, John? I've seen, <laughs> I've seen all those little buds turning into nice little uh, grapes. You yeah. seen grapes out there no, already? No, not at all. I'm I mean, kidding. there not are
1: not. there 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 are some people out doing bud bud counts or but you know bunch counts. Um, but none of those um, none of those bunches are anywhere near becoming grapes. Of course not. Um, I think more than anything else is we're starting to see. I think all varieties and all grape growing areas are are budded out now. Probably yeah, even I the coldest so. areas.
2: Yeah. Yes.
1: Um, so I, to me, um, the biggest thing is um, there's some great uh, poppies um, going off now. All of our oh, aloe vera, all of our uh, succulents are all yeah. starting to bloom right now, um, and then. Um, the amount of pollen that's in the air right now—it's all over my car. It's just car. unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> driving unbelievable. in Roner Park
3: the other day, I, I was driving from my house over to my bank, and it, it was like it was snowing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean seriously, yes. that's how it was. It was just white stuff flowing in the air. So I had to put the AC on and roll up the windows because. You ever watch those those hay fever commercials for the? for the drugs and <laughs> just looking at the commercial, your nose starts to run because yes. you see the person <laughs> and all the stuff floating around. It's an instant trigger for me and that happened the other day. It's horrible.
1: Well, you know you know what happened? My experience was we were out of town for a week and um, in an area where there's, you know, you, uh, hay fever doesn't exist, I don't think. Right? We this? were We were in Hawaii. Oh, and no. There's no, nothing no. over Not there. Enough. I nope. mean, that's why I felt so good. Yeah. And I was riding my bike and getting miles in for the event. Yeah. And um, You brought your bike to Hawaii? No, they, I just rented one from a guy who oh, delivered it to me. So you riding
3: a little cruiser around? No,
1: no. A full-on uh, road bike. Wow. Yeah. Cool. No, it was awesome. Did, and, did you go up the mountain? Um, I did go up a lot of mountains. I didn't go up the mountain. Haleakama? Um, yeah. No, we were on the big island, oh, so it would right. have been on Mauna Kea or yeah. any of them the other ones. But, but So I, I got in some good riding. I felt like I'm progressing along, and I got home, and on the Sunday morning, got up and went for a ride and was like wheezing and coughing, and yeah. and it appeared, it occurred to me that it was just that. It was the pollen. I'd been away from the pollen yeah. for a week. Yeah, and wow. So, yeah, Interesting. So, um, Cindy, mm-hmm. welcome to the
3: podcast. Thank
2: Thanks for having
1: me. I know. Is this the first time Cindy's, uh, Cindy's
3: been on the podcast? Yeah. I think yeah. so. Okay, because you had been on the radio show with John before I know, yes. right? okay yeah, a bunch of times. A bunch of
2: times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Always a really great guest because she brings beautiful wines. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that I
1: happen to love. So, yeah. So, um, And some of this is for me, because I know a little bit about your history, but not all of it. John mentioned something that I didn't know earlier Uh and stuff. No, no, all good. But, um, and we, since we do have a lot of different listeners from the radio show, could you talk a little bit about um, Mm. your entry into the wine business?
2: Wow. Um, Seems like a long time ago. When was it? 2004. Okay. Uh, Came out here to California from Virginia, 2004. Wanted to get into the wine industry, but... How do you do that?
1: Well, right? wait a minute. Why? Why? I mean, is that why you came to California? That's why
2: I came out here.
1: And what did you do before that?
2: I was in law enforcement.
1: You were? Yeah. I had no idea.
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, you did. Kick your so, ass on the highway, pal. I'll tell you that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, were you a Virginia State Trooper or something? Or no, you just no. A... I,
2: I worked for uh, Prince William County Police Department. Okay, cool.
1: That's that's cool.
2: Yeah, that was a good career, but it, you know, but,
0: but it wasn't the I, wine industry.
2: N- no. It's not what I wanted to end my career doing. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's, it's definitely
0: not uh, creating really great wines and, and being creative like that.
2: No, you see the other side of that. You see the other side of wine.
0: <laughs> yeah, what yes. happens when you drink too much yes, of it. you
2: see that <laughs> side, yeah. <laughs> well, so
1: 2004, so you moved
0: 2004 to California. 2004, I
2: came out here, yep, and uh, trying to figure out how to get into this industry. Uh, started working for BevMo.
0: Oh, excellent.
2: It's a great store. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. I uh, thought maybe I'd run into somebody who could, like, point me in the right direction.
1: And what BevMo so, store will give them a shot. The, one, out. In okay, the Albany, one in Albany. Okay, Albany, BevMo. California.
2: Yep. Thank you for the the work that it, right. you, know, you gave me. Um, so, anyway, I ran into this guy. Uh, I don't know if they still have the uh, dollar tastings in the back of the store on Saturdays.
1: I don't know. They,
2: you know, you get this, like, little communion cup. Right. <laughs> little tasting of it. <laughs> communion <laughs> cup.
1: Well,
4: I
2: like what that. it looked like. I don't know if you're Catholic. Do you get a wafer also? <laughs> <laughs> a Little breadstick maybe.
3: What and you, you can
1: fill that so, up as many times as you want.
2: I think they had they do like five wines, and you you know you get okay. it, it's like a probably a it's, two ounce. Yeah, it's like know,
1: literally like, an ounce of it's yeah. two ounce cup and one ounce of right. beverage. Yeah, it's kind of like, like for the little dollar. cups they do it um, at Bottle Barn. Probably. You've been there for their st- tastings before. Uh, well,
3: I've I've been there a couple of times, but not tasted. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. That's you've, a great you've store been to all too. Bar,
3: okay. I'm sure they
0: buy them from the same supplier. Maybe Absolutely. So.
1: <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead.
2: Anyway, ran into this guy who used to come in there on Saturdays and do the dollar tastings. Um, and he worked for Chateau Saint Jean, and I uh, started talking to him, and he was able to get me a harvest temp job, uh, for Ch- for Chateau Saint Jean in 2004. So I got. That's how I got into the industry.
1: So at that point, um, Don was winemaker and Margo was Margo, assistant. No, or Margo
2: Van Stoven was the winemaker. And so Don at that was point. gone already. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, 2004 started working for them, and uh, they put me in the cellar. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, just doing a bunch of cleaning and cellarette pump overs. Doesn't everybody start as a cellarette? <laughs> of course, you have to start somewhere, right? If you have, nah, I won't say. <laughs> 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 Come
1: on. <laughs> If you're worth a damn, yeah, you start as you know, at the bottom. Mm -hmm. You know, the I think the biggest problem with production in the wine industry is that people come in and they want to walk around with the winemaker and taste wine, and they don't understand what it takes to actually, you know.
2: You got to start. You
1: got to clean the drains first. Well, yeah, but you see it from the bottom up.
2: Nobody wants to clean the drains. That's for sure.
1: I like to clean the drains because then I know they're clean. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, that's true. (laughs) You know,
0: I've heard that once you get a problem in a facility, it's really hard to get rid of it. Any kind of bacterial problem, any kind of thing that is a problem and and rears its ugly head, but it's like you can't get rid of it. If if your drains aren't clean and your lines aren't clean and it seems to infect everything, is that true?
1: Well, there's no doubt that if you, you know, start with a clean winery, it's a lot easier to keep it clean. Mm Um it depends on how it depends what first of all what the microbiological problem is or what right. the the bad bug is that you're trying to battle. You ever
0: see anything um, like that though? Oh yeah. Where you can't get rid of it, you can't fight it. Yeah, I mean yeah.
1: there have been many um you know um Hansel had to build an entirely new winery mm-hmm. um, because of that um, cuz they had some they actually had TCA in the in the barrels Seriously. of the cellar. Um, wow. and they 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 to go up and look at the winery now, it's a completely new winery. And yeah, there's no doubt there's been problems. Um, uh, But it's to say you can't get rid of it. You know, that's all relevant to how bad it is. Um, And the Mm -hmm. most important thing is having good seller practices in the first place.
0: Um, Is is it just because Hansel is so old that they somehow, you know, I didn't work there. So I can't
1: speak to what, um, how they came up with the problem, you know, Um, some people say that it might've been a problem with the barrels in the first place that the barrels came in and they had a little bit of corkiness in the barrels. Um, uh, some people say it could have been, you know, from using chlorine and wood products, Mm. um, that can create TCA. We know, and Mm -hmm. we've learned, we're still learning about it, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, without really being there and and whatnot, you, you, you know, everybody can guess, but we know what happens when you assume what you think happened and only the people there know the truth so. Right. anyway
0: well they got rid of it that's the idea and and you should run a clean machine so right. that's why yeah. that's why Bart cleans the drains so <laughs> honestly so um, yeah, so exactly.
1: so first harvest at uh, chateau st jean yeah, a pretty big facility um, i was so
2: excited yeah. i was so excited about that
1: and and how did you how did it work out it,
2: well you know i was living in the east bay and i th- when i look back on it I drove 50 miles one way, and it it didn't bother me one iota because I was so excited about getting into the industry. Yeah. You know, it didn't bother me a bit. Um, so I worked for them, and they uh, hired me on full time after harvest. Okay. Put me in the lab. Uh, I worked in the lab for three years, and um, I think Foster's owned them at the time. Right. Um, sounds about right. And. During that time, they had an education program. I don't know if they still do, but um, education program. If you took classes, uh, they would pay. Excellent. You know, if you made a certain grade, they'd pay for your class. Well, <coughs> and,
0: and starting in the lab and starting the way that you did, I mean, I think that's got to be the ultimate way to do it, honestly. I learned it, so much. Yes. That's the mm-hmm. idea. I mean, Cynthia, you, it's, it's a tough industry, and I don't know anything about it. I, you know, I mean, I just listen to people, and they just... It's fascinating when they start and do it right. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody really, you know, you know it from the bottom up. And and it just gives you so much more to work with over the years. It's pretty amazing. Had Uh, you heard of Chateau St. Jean before you moved out?
2: Yes. Okay. Yeah.
3: So you had some experience with some of, probably some of the larger wineries around here. You'd had some Mm -hmm. of those by getting them in uh, Mm -hmm. grocery stores or I don't know what you had there Kroger's. What do you got in Virginia?
2: Uh, what did they have? Um, I want to say maybe a Safeway, uh-huh. maybe. Well, and a I Publix think safe down there, South? Publix is yeah. in uh, Florida. That's yeah. that's further South, I think.
1: But there's but. A, the, the, there are large... My little bit of experience in the East Coast wine shops when I go on sales trip is there's large liquor and wine shops on the East Coast. Absolutely. And they have everything. I mean, they have everything from as Ian Cobble says, between your knees and your chest in the grocery store to, you know, box wine and then they have a whole section of highly curated mm-hmm. wines that are at least available that far <clears throat> away,
2: right? Yeah. Giant food. I think it's called Giant Food. Okay. The grocery stores. Okay. Just came to me.
3: And so you were just a, you were just a lover of <coughs> wine.
2: <coughs> lover of wine. Grew up with wine. My grandfather made wine in his basement. All the Italians do.
3: What kind of uh, grapes? Grapes. <laughs>
2: He would go down to the local uh, fruit market. Uh-huh. He'd, seriously? He'd, seriously. Cool. And he'd talk the guy <laughs> into selling him all of his strawberries, all of his blueberries, um, raspberry. Yeah. The fruit wines.
3: Yeah. My dad lives in North Carolina. They have it. They do. He sent me a raspberry wine yep. one time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: delicious. Who yeah, else was great. making yeah. fruit wines? Uh, Chavez a call from On His uh, His dessert wine was all Oh uh, well, uh, uh, yeah, but that was
1: fruit wine, and then alcohol, so it, okay. it wasn't really necessarily a oh. a little different kind style little fortification, right? Yeah. And then uh, Michael uh. Muscardini's f- talked about his grandparents making some fruit wine. Mm-hmm. I remember, but, but
0: that's no. all Can I have. buy a ton of strawberries, please? <laughs> <laughs> He's crazy. That to me though is, uh,
3: uh, I mean, to hear you say that you're you've got a job, you're living in Virginia, and then you're. You're just going to come out to California and get some kind of job in the wine industry. I mean, knowing anyone out here at all?
2: Yeah, I had some friends out here.
3: Okay. Yeah. So you yeah. knew it was a nice place to live, probably going to be expensive. Like right?
2: 2002 is when I decided that I wanted to do this. So it took me a couple of mm-hmm. years. And during those two years, I'd fly out here like every six to eight weeks, mm-hmm. visit, figured out where I fell in love with Sonoma. Yeah. Uh, went around to several different areas of, you know, I went to Napa and uh, Lodi and uh, northern, uh, like Healdsburg and up up in that area. Uh, but I fell in love with Sonoma and said, that's where I want to land.
0: I wonder what it so, would have been like if you'd been in Lodi. How, how things would be different. I
2: get some Lodi fruit.
0: Oh yeah, but, you know um, it's up and coming, man. But
2: back then, I mean, two th- we're talking 2004, so yeah. Lodi 2004, was not on.
1: 2004, Lodi wasn't was, on a lot of radars. No. It, maybe for Zinfandel, right? Majority of the fruit was probably being sold to Mundavi, um, um, you know, KJ Gallo, Gallo mm-hmm. um, exactly, you know, and the majority of it probably is still being sold to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's changed a lot since then. But, right. Um, and so, how long were you at Chateau Saint Jean?
2: Three years. Okay. Three years. Two thousand from two thousand four
0: to two thousand seven.
2: Okay. Uh, crush Pad had uh, in San Francisco had st- started its its um, custom crush facility. Right. Yeah. It was big, and I uh, wanted to make uh, an unOak Chardonnay. I had tasted Iron Horses unOak Chardonnay like in two thousand five. I think maybe. I said, ah, that's what I want to make. Why? I think, why? Well, I want to well, know why. First of all, well, wait a minute.
1: <clears throat> I want to step back, though. Mm-hmm. You have to explain a little bit about Crush Pad. Because Crush Pad was very unique and kind of for its time. Yeah. Um, when I started my brand, we I started to look at names and, you know, D-A-N-E. And there was a guy that made wine down there. It was D-A-I-N.
2: Yeah, Dane. Um, I know him. And so Dave, it David was, Dane. I, I
1: had to contact to make sure there was no conflict and yeah. stuff. And that was like when... when Crushpad came on my radar mm-hmm. and I think I, that's the first time I'd heard of you because you were listed on the website, uh-huh. I believe. Right. Cause, mm-hmm. um, so anyway, talk about that. So Crushpad,
2: Yeah. So th- they, they had an open house. Uh, I want to say this is like May of 2007 and I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go. So I wanted to see what it was all about. And so I went down there and they were having this huge open house, huge facility. Um, talked to the head winemaker. His name was, or is, uh, Michael Zitzloff. At, and, um, right. he's from Australia. And I told him I wanted to make an un-oak Chardonnay, which is, was, then it was not as popular as it is now. Do you think it's popular now? no, it's sort
3: of not as popular. I think it had a little phase as going a, there for a little bit, yeah. but, but what I, I think personally for me, when I first discovered un Chardonnay, it was, it was going, oh, that's what Chardonnay actually tastes like. Yes. Yes. It was like, okay. a, it was like a an <laughs> epiphany. It's so the, I thought it was cool. But I was just curious <laughs> why you wanted to do that.
2: Because that's what I like to drink. I mean, you know, I like to drink stainless whites. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So well, they're a lot cleaner. Yeah. Crisper. That's it. Well, you know, it's, it, and I don't know if Bart thinks the same thing, but um, to make it, uh, to make a stainless white, uh, I think is harder to make than making something in an oak barrel.
3: You think Cause you're not getting the masking agent yeah. of the oak. Yeah. Yeah. I don't and know also if you agree be, with that,
2: but,
1: I, 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 yeah. I, I would say, yes, I agree with it mm-hmm. because there's also with fermentation being a natural process, whether you inoculate or not, um, there's something that goes on in the barrels. There's, you know, there isn't a release of gases in, in stainless steel. It's, it, it's a closed surface. Tight. Right. And it's tight. It's and tight. Um, off aromas can develop, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that you can't get rid of them, um, but it's, it's hard. It's difficult. You, mm-hmm. you really do have to pay attention. Um, fermentations are slower in stainless steel because you're typically doing them cooler. Right. And so you have to be aware of that because the fermentation can go south on you when it gets to be the end. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I agree with yeah. you. Good. At least you and I agree, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, well, I think it
2: anybody depends anybody on the varietal else, but, you know, too, though, don't you? Well, <clears throat> some of it kind of depends on Some things do need to have, some things do need to be in. It. And
3: some people yeah, would argue so. that Chardonnay would be one of those things that it needs right. just a little round, a little roundness some to
0: it. People, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, on the other nice. hand, her sales argue with that too, yeah, she does a, really well with it. Well, I
1: mean, it's and, it's and again, this is this thing. It's like style can be argued, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and you can usually find someone that'll like your style. Sure. As long right. as the wine's well-made. Of course. Made. Yeah. Um,
3: Can't really argue science, but style, sure. Sure, yeah. right?
1: Um, you know, if the wine <laughs> is defective in some way or has a flaw, it is what it is. I mean, mm-hmm. you can you can say that, oh, it's a natural wine um, <laughs> and blame it on that, but it's still natural a defect. Um, so, um, but yeah, yeah. It's all a matter of, Finding Net. people
2: that like what you make and right. make it well. Mm-hmm. Natural wines, that's a whole new show, right? <laughs> um, we, we, we've thought about tackling yeah. that
3: topic sometimes. I mean, it's changing every day. And so by the time you do a show, by the time the show just comes out, you know, th- there's a, something else
1: exp- going on. Yeah, explain yeah. it. We just um, throw it under the bus every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. But anyway, Along the, the stainless Chardonnay, the stainless Chardonnay to me is the true version of a Chardonnay.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, that's just me.
3: See, and I I know who was I think um, it was Blair Guthrie who said he doesn't think Syrah should see oak.
4: Wow, I thought
3: that was interesting, and we didn't really follow up on it. But when I when I heard him say that, it was like ooh. um, Hmm. I don't know that I've had too many Syrahs that have not seen oak.
1: Well, I mean, I'll say this: you know, Syrah is a wine that left unchecked, um, it can get stinky on you. It can mm-hmm. it can develop some, some off right. aromas, and being in barrels kind of allows some of those gases and uh, helps it age, you know. I mean, the hard thing about Syrah is that if you don't put it in barrels to help it age, then it still just it's tastes just, like a really young right, wine, exactly. And, um, so it's tough. But but then Which again, might be he's okay. also right. It might be okay, right. and he picks at lower alcohol. I mean, lower sugar. So his alcohol is a little, mm-hmm. little lower, and the wines aren't so maybe massively, you know, extracted. Also, so did
0: you notice a difference? Could you tell? What's that? No oak in his syrah.
1: Did
3: that was the? It was the hundred percent whole cluster.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a hundred percent whole cluster. I wow. mean. Um, yeah, I mean, his wines were of different style, and I think if you took his wine and put it up against 20 random Syrahs, um, it would stand out as being stylistically different. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah.
0: So right. if I taste it next to so, one of uh, McLaren's, mm-hmm. one of Steve Law's McLaren's mm-hmm. Syrah, what am I going to taste in the in the difference?
1: Uh, it's hard to tell, because mm-hmm. Steve's individual Syrahs all kind of taste different, um, and there the winemaking's a little more the same, and it's more about... Uh, this the place of the vineyards yeah um, well like and
3: the doing a hundred percent whole cluster can can in some ways simulate barrel aging I guess except you know. from the stem know. and so. seed uh, depending on how, wh- what condition the the stems were in I don't know if he's if he's doing a trick that we've heard now several times of taking the the stems and putting them out in the sun to yeah. to dry mm, out a little mm-hmm. bit and get a little bit mm-hmm. woodsy and a little bit um, I think he uh, brown. was too. I would like to taste that yeah right yeah Okay, let's. Uh, well, if if you if you hear uh, us out there, we got another winemaker that would love to try yeah. that wine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. So okay, 2007. So, with, yeah. so
2: 2007. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, I'm in their open house, talking to Michael Zidlar. See, we get
1: distracted a lot. I know. This it's
2: show, okay. <clears throat> <laughs> That's
1: the idea. <laughs> More, <laughs> wine. <laughs> More wine. More <laughs> wine.
2: So he, uh, uh, as I'm talking to him about making this un-oak Chardonnay, he offers me a job. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so I, I got the job as uh, their lab manager in uh, 2007. Managing, uh, I don't know. We probably had you know, and each barrel is its own lot. So we had over 2,000 barrels at the time. Its own lot. So think about that if you're in, if you work in a lab. And Sounds we, like Disneyland it's, for me. It was. I
3: just want to go taste everything.
1: Well, so, I mean, that's kind of. So, the interesting thing about Crush Pad is Crush Pad was a, first of all, it was in San Francisco, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and it was a custom crush place. Saves Much...
3: on your electricity bill for cooling.
1: Custom. <laughs> I'll just leave that there. A custom I mean, crush right? facility. So, you know, you want to bring some grapes in, you custom crush, mm-hmm. they have a crew there. You know, um, no different. But they also marketed themselves that you as a CPA in San Francisco or a high-tech guy in San Francisco, you want to make a little wine, you can make wine and sell it. and Yeah, that was their draw. Right, and Mm -hmm. that's what they kind of started off as, Mm -hmm. which to me would have, I mean, that makes a custom crush facility look like a walk in the park. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you have all of these... Well, be they, had a big, they had a big whole
2: team. They had, we had like five winemakers. We had, you know, the lab, we had the, the, um, cellar workers. We had people flying in from New York. We had people flying in from Texas. We had people flying in from Hawaii. I mean, to, to make, to wine. make wine. Yeah. yeah. And you can be the winemaker. Yeah. So, uh, and you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a expensive hobby. For those people.
1: Right, because there was, I mean, it was expensive. It, it, it was w-
2: expensive. I mean, you could, a barrel of red, let's just say a cab from a, you know, a prestigious vineyard in, say, Napa, could cost you about $10,000 for that barrel.
1: Yeah.
2: That was in 2007. Right.
1: $10,000 a barrel. So you yeah. can imagine backwards on what you have to sell that for.
2: Right. Where nobody knows who you are. Right. Nobody knows your label. Right. You've got 50 cases of it, right. and now you got to sell it. Right.
0: So how, how do you go about that, Cynthia?
2: Well, <laughs> you gotta, I hope well, you have honestly, a lot of friends yeah, that can right. <laughs> buy you wine.
0: Well, once you're past the friends, I mean, how it's was it? So
2: hard for, it was so hard for people, and I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people did not last at Crush Pad.
0: So what made you last? How did you go out and sell? Because you've got the s- wine. S-
2: so 2007 was the, was the um, beginning or the, um, the start of social media. So you had Twitter and Facebook. Those were the two largest uh, social media out, uh, outlets at that time. Um, a friend of mine, I don't know if you guys know, Linda Trotta, who used to be the mm-hmm. winemaker for Gunlock You.
1: Yep, know Linda well. Hi, Linda. Hey,
2: hi, Linda. Um, so Linda calls me up one day, and she says, uh, they're having this uh, seminar on how to, how to um, do Twitter and Facebook for your business. Do you want to go? And I was like, oh, my God, I don't know. I don't want to go to that. <laughs> so, But she talked me into it, and we went. You know, I think it might have been at the CIA, maybe over in Napa was, or something. Yeah. maybe with, Was uh, that with the one with Gary
1: Vanderchuk was there?
2: I don't re- I don't remember him being there but it could have been. There was but that I mean, one was and
1: then there was another one that was like at the uh Double Tree or something that I went to I just, a couple of those myself yeah, at the time. Right? Yeah.
2: And uh I went to her, I went with uh with her to this seminar and and we walked out and I was like and I probably had I think I had a Blackberry phone you know at the time and I was like okay so how do we figure this out you know and so I was pretty excited about it because that was a way I saw for myself to be able to sell my wine on social media. And so I went home, I set up my accounts and I was a voyeur on it for quite some time to try to figure it out. And I sold all those 50 cases on, on social media.
1: Wow. Yeah. And <laughs> that was Passagio. Th- that was Pasaggio Yeah. Yeah. A- and, and because we didn't talk about it earlier, can you explain the title, where it comes from?
2: Passaggio. Uh, it, it means passageway in Italian. And um, it's a tribute to my great grandfather who came over from Italy in 1905. So, thank you.
0: As his passageway, and, and his yours. passageway to here. I mean, think of that. It's and a, mine, yeah. I mean, you can passage. put mine in there, yeah. yeah. A big yeah. passage from law enforcement in Virginia to making your own beautiful wines in Sonoma. Mm-hmm. You've really done a great job. Thank Cindy. You. It's really cool. It's Thank cool you. to watch. It really is. Thanks. And you were the first one over in Vine Alley, weren't you?
2: I think Bra- I think Brighter Estates was the first mm-hmm. one in Vine Alley.
0: Now, did that just, was that being built when you moved in or was it it, No, there were some empty spots uh, there when she
2: moved in as well. And she was, I think she was the first one. And I think Steve might have been the second one in. That
1: was a kind of an underutilized um, uh, shopping district in the valley at Mm -hmm. the
0: time. It's a nice little place too, actually.
1: So, Vine Alley for you folks out there is um, right kind of in the heart of the, the, the square. I guess it would be on the south side of the square. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't originally Vine Alley, but there's been a number of um, nice tasting rooms down mm-hmm. there. Um, and shortly the, after that, the uh, the bachelor the, and his winery came in. Yes. And, um,
2: um, involve. Involved. Yeah. Involved.
3: Involved.
1: back. Yeah. Danny
3: yeah, Fay and Danny partner.
2: Faye. Yeah. Um, I think Haywood Estates was in where I'm at yeah. now. Yeah,
0: yeah. Hey, Peter was in Peter. there. Um, yeah. Did you see how fast Danny sold out? I mean, it was just insane. What? What? As well, he sold out his his allotment yeah, instantaneously. Yeah, Danny's
1: first. Danny's first release. Um, he's. It, it sold out. It, they sold everything. So Hill of awesome. Yeah.
0: Hill of Tar immediately. That'd be cool. I think it like within twenty four yeah, hours. Good
1: for him. What do you he say? He said they had fifty cases. Good for them. Yeah.
0: Nice. Okay.
2: So,
1: um, so um, so that was your first wine. You sold it through social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, how long were you with?
2: So I, I stayed with uh, Crush Pad. Um, we moved They moved from San Francisco to Napa in, um, I want to say, 2010. Yeah. Um, and at that time, they made me the head of their white wine program. So I was uh, making all the white wines at that time. Um, and then they moved from Napa to Sonoma, and they were sharing the space with Sebastiani in 2011. And at that point, I thought, mm, this is not good. I mean, we've moved like three times already, and uh, I just got out. I got out in 2011. I, it was around May or, May or June of 2011. Took all my stuff out, and I called my good friend, um, Elizabeth Viana. hmm Winemaker for Chimney Rock. And uh That's quite a nice place over there. Yeah, well, it's, isn't it? beautiful. yeah. it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And she done. makes some really nice wines. She sure does. Um I called her up and I said, Hey, uh you got are you are you hiring for this harvest? And she didn't think I was talking about myself. She thought I was talking about, you know, somebody I knew or something. She said, yeah, I think we're going to hire you. you. got anybody who, who's, who's uh, on your radar and needs a job? And I said, well, that would be me. <laughs> and uh, she said, get over here. We need to chat. So I went over there and, and uh, talked to her, and she hired me. Um, I worked for her for one harvest. Uh, it was 2011. That was that was the rough year, 2011.
3: Yeah. And they're primi- yeah. primarily red wines, Yeah, too, she right?
2: makes uh, Cab Franc, uh, Cab... You know, but nice, not real heavy, you know, not real heavy Mm -hmm. reds, but do you remember when there was a golf course there at Chimney Rock? Yeah, no, they have a golf course there. Oh, that's right. We used to find golf balls in the vineyard. (laughs) (laughs) That's (laughs) weird. There was a golf course, a nine hole.
1: I want to say it was just a nine hole golf course out in front. And yeah. Yeah, it was chimney Yeah, it's beautiful from the yeah. Titleist Vineyard. Right. You
0: said two <laughs> 2011 was a brutal year, and before we even got on, we were talking about 2011, mm-hmm. and it was a tough year. Um, part. What was uh, so hard about it? Was it
2: the rain?
1: Okay. Rain. It was very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it rained at all the wrong times. Yeah. Um, and 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 it was cool after, so there were some problems with some mold and stuff, and. I think if if I remember right, there were some like there were some varieties. If you because it did get warm later, right? um, But it was a matter of you know in 2011 I had Zinfandel and it wasn't going to sit out there after the rains, right? Um, So it had to be picked, um, you know, a little under under what I would have liked. But I think I do remember that like Cabernet and stuff hung out there pretty good and did okay. There's still
2: some nice wines though. Out of that vintage, right. I think. Right, right. I there think they
1: yeah. 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 I think it was, that was one of those things yeah. of, you know, waiting. Did you, did you, did you wait and let fruit, mm-hmm. you know? Do you
2: wait? Do you pick? pick. Do you, yeah. It yeah. was
1: very site specific and winemaker specific, but in general, it was a tough year. Mm-hmm. It was challenging.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, at that point, everybody had a problem with it. You know, but, if, you know, if some of it came out on the end, that's, that's very positive thing. You know? Right.
1: Yeah. yeah it's it, yeah. It's just not a vintage that's gonna be ever be remembered as being one of those stellar vineyards. Right. You know,
0: and I had just gotten here. Also I mean 2011? we'll blame it on you then. Yeah you can you can absolutely no problem. <laughs> more more than you can imagine has been blamed on, on me. And,
1: and so <laughs> so um so how is chimney rock?
2: They about killed me there. <clears throat> she asked me if I want, did I want to be put in the lab? And I thought, you know, I I really don't want to do that. Um, needed to de decompress myself. So I said, could I be put in the cellar? And she said, sure. So oh my lord, that was it was brutal. You know, there were um, they work from for harvest. They uh, start at six a.m. Mm-hmm had to be there at six, and uh, there's like five cellar people, I think, uh, total for harvest. And, you know, their hoses are, and I'm used to, uh, you know, um, crush pad, you know, inch and a half (laughs) hoses. Right. I mean, theirs are like, you know, three-inch hoses, hoses, and they're heavy. Equipment's heavy, and, you know, barrels are heavy, and I wasn't used to that. Yeah. Probably lost like 15, 20 pounds during yeah. harvest or something. Build it back you
0: know? up and yeah. muscle during that, though. Yeah.
2: But it was fun and I enjoyed it and I learned a lot. Do you, you know, know about how
1: big they were? Like how many cases?
2: I want to say she's less than 30,000 cases. Really? Yeah, I want to say.
0: It, it seems something like, like they'd be a lot more than that.
2: Yeah, I don't think so. But they got a beautiful spot. I mean, spot. I could be wrong.
0: Beautiful spot.
2: Yeah. Everything's done outside. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Phew.
3: What do you mean by that?
2: All the uh, destemming, crushing is done outside. Barrel work—you know—you can put them outside, do all that outside.
3: So there's no shade. No shade. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: At that time there wasn't. They might have it now, but we didn't have it.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it, it yeah. was like a big yeah. deal. Uh, most early facilities, crush pads and the presses was outside. all outside. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, maybe you would have a shade cloth or maybe not. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you could always tell where the shade was because you'd find everybody standing in the shade. Yeah. And I had you know, to and, and when you have sun reflecting off all the stainless steel tanks, oh you know, at that time a lot of tanks weren't insulated. Um, so it was just stainless steel, and yeah, it, and I it, had
2: to, they yeah. had uh forklifts that the, the propane, yeah. forklifts, and they had their own um propane that you could go fill it, fill up the, the tanks with, right. It scared me every time I went back there to do that. It was so scary. Um, They they take you back there. They train you how to do it, but I I (laughs) was shaking in my boots every time I did it.
3: I was driving behind a guy the other day. I was at Kaiser in in Roner Park, and I was pulling out of the parking lot, and there's a guy in one of those little mini pickup trucks, and he's got four of those propane tanks in the back of (laughs) his truck, and he forgot to put the tail up. Oh, So he takes off, and one of them... I'm behind him. <laughs> oh god. One Christ. of them just Seriously. comes and bounces oh. out of the truck. And so I'm thinking of a like a Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I'm thinking this thing's, thing's just gonna, gonna explode, like, right? And my car shoot like is a gonna, rocket. I'm gonna be like thirty feet up in the air. <clears throat> Didn't happen, but um yeah, one rolled away, and then the other one was about to come out. And luckily, there was a stoplight, and it was red. Dang. And I pulled up next to him and said, hey, man, you are you already lost one, and you're about to lose another one. And <laughs> but but I fully, just because of <laughs> all the signs that they put on those things, yeah. I thought, as soon as that thing fell out of the truck, mm-hmm. I thought,
1: oh, this thing's going to blow up. Mm-hmm. So, like I say, we get distracted. Um, at Benziger, when they first turned biodynamic... It was, you know, how do we deal with weeds? And of course, it's hand hoeing is typically where you start. Fire. But we had, <laughs> oh we had a um, a propane burner. Yeah. That um, it was a propane tank on wheels, and it had these little articulating arms that went up and down, and you would drive through the vineyard very, very slowly and cauterize the weeds. And it wow. actually worked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but inevitably, like if you if you pause next to a wood a wood um, stake, it would start burning, right. and there was always <laughs> <Right>. problems. <promise. laughs> well, one day, one of the one of the um, the articulating arms pinched the supply line to the burner. And it caught on fire. Oh, run. And run And Then run fast. it backed up to the tank, and the pressure <laughs> relief valve on the tank let go, which caught on fire. And that's exactly <laughs> what the tractor <laughs> driver was doing. He was running. Yep. Fortunately, he stopped the tractor when, before he started running, and it burned like three rows deep in oh the vineyard. Wow. Just shooting out. It was, it was amazing. Just amazing.
2: So, um, nothing to mess with.
0: This is why they listen to the winemakers. (laughs) They want to hear. They want to hear that that stuff. (laughs) Arnold Schwarzenegger. Just when you thought it was safe to get back in the vineyard. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Okay, so uh, let's because we've been talking about your history. Let's talk about this first wine.
2: Okay. So the rose. The rose from it's uh, this is out of uh, Herringer Estates in Clarksburg. Okay. Uh, you know Clarksburg pretty do, well, and you I know do, them, yeah. Um, and
1: and, and Estates is a they they are a winery, but they're also grape growers. Yes, and both. How many different varieties? Oh my
2: they gosh, grow? they probably have they have everything twelve, fifteen different varietals. How or big is like the that. the vineyard? It's huge. I I don't even know how big. Like that hundreds. Is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. So this is an Alliantico Rosé. Um. It wasn't uh, done on purpose because. I wanted this fruit to come in at a certain uh, uh, bricks level. And it came in uh, too light. It was about 22 bricks, so I made rosé out of it.
1: And Alionico uh, historically, w- w- can you explain to listeners exactly?
2: So this is an Italian varietal. Okay. Uh, nice, it makes a nice red uh, Italian wine.
0: Um, it makes a nice rosé, too.
2: It makes a nice rosé, too. Really, I, who knew? Really I didn't quite nice. Know. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I was well, dumbfounded at the time.
0: Isn't that the best way, though, when you find sometimes, things that, Sometimes like that's that? how it, it happens. just turns out yeah. some goddamn good. You can't mm-hmm. believe it.
2: Yeah. So when it's, it came in, I was I was tasting the fruit, you know, and uh, I was like, I don't, I just doesn't, mm So I was checking the bricks on it, and it uh, was 22, and I was like, Dang. So I said, fire, let's get the press out, because we're going to make rosé. So that's what we did. I think it came out pretty good.
0: Yep. Yeah. And what year is this? Just last year? 2018. Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: This qualifies as a patio pounder.
2: Yeah, this is oh, a yeah. porch yeah. pounder for sure. Yeah. So
1: I do a could, lot of that. I
3: thought on the, the last rosé I had of yours was a Tempranillo rosé.
2: I do have that one as well.
3: And it was so
0: good.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, so you just so you ended up with two rosés? I roses. ended up with two rosés this Interesting. year. Interesting, yeah. okay.
2: Yeah, not on purpose. It yeah. wasn't on
0: purpose. Yeah. Well, Sam had just one or two. Now he's got his kosher, but that's a well, now, now, one now little gets, thing. Now I'm, I'm sure that's sold out. We just right. had Easter, yeah. right?
3: Um, actually, what I think there's. Make? I saw Sam yesterday.
1: <laughs> I think there's still some for sale. And I got to preview the um, Philippe Combi, Philippe. Oh. Um, really? Uh, Philippe Phil uh, Katuri rose. It's yet mm-hmm. labeled. Uh. Um, but he opened it. Um, Wait. What's that of? R- very, very. It's Grenache. Okay. Yes. Um, very, very. Provençal. I mean, mm. it's the color. It, it reminds me of a French wine. Like mm-hmm. if tasting it blind, I would never in a world thought that it was a California rose. Well, mm. Isabel
3: Gassier basically was the.
1: Well, yeah. Philippe made the calls and Elis- yeah. Isabel, you know, did the work and yeah. you know when they when they pressed it they. Took just the middle pressing slow. So yeah. the free run, they didn't put into the mm-hmm. uh, blend and then the, the tails, mm-hmm. as they called it. And I'm sure Sam would like to be talking about it. but I bet. Um, it, it was delicious. I can't wait till it gets released. But they're in no hurry to release it either. I mean, it's it's totally different in style than. Um, wait, it's bottled? It's bottled, but not labeled. Not Correct. labeled
2: yet. Yeah. Nice. No one told
3: me that Philippe. Uh, yeah, I got a text last night saying, Combi's in your restaurant. And. I don't no one I didn't even know he was in town
1: yeah I I only know because of Sam and I were talking about something that he had to do so mm-hmm. um, huh. anyway interesting wine um, and and Cindy how many you make a whole bunch of different wines yourself and mm-hmm. Um, I blame you, that on
2: Crushpad. Yeah. And, and, you're, and, <laughs> and, and all your lots,
1: I mean, I talk about like some of my lots being small, but a lot of your lots are even smaller than mm-hmm. mine. Mm-hmm. And so, what, what is your kind of, like, what, what do you shoot for? What is your plan, so to speak?
2: My plan. I mean, is it, I mean, are <laughs> but, they like one
1: ton <laughs> lots or two ton lots
2: typically? I do have some one ton lots. Yeah. yeah. Um, only because that's all the fruit that I can get. Right. Um, I like making uh, more obscure varietals um, and I like working with smaller growers. Mm -hmm. So that's the plan. Okay. (laughs) But I like doing a lot of different ones. So I, you know, It's because I can, I guess. I mean, I've seen those
1: pictures on bottling day for you, and it's not like (laughs) four or five tanks. It's like 14 (laughs) tanks. And it's not like it's 14 tanks of the same wine. It's 14 tanks of all different wines. Yeah, you should come down on bottling day.
2: Yeah. Uh, Right now, I've probably got like, uh, I don't know, probably 14 tanks of red right now getting ready to bottle. All different wines. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: So you do a Sauvignon Blanc, a Chardonnay. Yep. Uh, your passion cuvee,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, trousseau gris. Mm-hmm.
2: We have that here today. Excellent. Yep.
0: And then uh, a chenin blanc. Yep. Bart, do you make chenin blanc?
2: Mm-hmm. He does. Mm-hmm.
0: A pinot gris. And oh, it, oh, that's a twenty eighteen. Okay. The, the pinot gris
2: was a firm, oh, uh, skin fermented this year. Mm. That was an orange wine. Oh, good. Yeah.
0: How's that going?
2: People you know, either you, people it? either like it or they don't. I mean, it's it's a um,
0: do they like it just it, because it's orange or, I mean, they don't like it because it's orange or they do? I mean, it seems like that's kind of a a thing for people. They just can't do it.
2: Some people look at it and they're like, what the, hell's what the heck is that? <laughs> um, because, you know, it's pretty orange. It's it's uh, actually an amber color. Um, I, think it, I think it's going to take some time for the orange revolution or whatever, the amber revolution or whatever they're calling it to get going more here. I don't know what do you think.
3: I don't, for me, I, I love interesting wines, Mm -hmm. complex wines. And Mm -hmm. so I love tasting them, Mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't think I'm ever able to drink more than one glass of a skin contact or an Mm -hmm. orange, orange wine, just because it's, I I like things that are light and that kind of dance on my palate. Mm -hmm. Things with acidity. Um, You should come down and taste mine.
0: I know.
2: It was on the skins for 11 days. Um, then I pressed it off. It's all stainless. And that's mm-hmm. all it took.
0: And you say it's really amber. So eleven days, and that's it, huh?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Amazing.
1: Well, yeah, I
0: mean,
2: eleven days of, on the skins. It was fermented right. like a red. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: I mean, well, a lot of that has to do, John,
1: with the different varieties will give you different hues of mm-hmm. orange depending on how long you um, leave them. So
0: yeah. So if you leave them on an uh, another. Couple of weeks, you just have to. I mean, you
2: p- could leave it on as I mean, I've seen people leave it on the skins for long way longer than that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it, I think orange wine is probably not a good term for people to be using. Well, that's the thing, <laughs> too. Because when I'm talking strange. about
3: oxidated wines, <laughs> right. right, we're just talking about just solely about skin contact. Skin contact, because I think that's wine. what you gets confusing do is do the oxidated wines, right? Then, then you're You'd talking about a kind of a funkier mm-hmm. thing.
2: I mean, right. you could do anything skin fermented. Doesn't matter what it is, right? Um, There's a book called The Amber Revolution. Um, That's a pretty good book. Well,
1: and it's interesting because we talk about you know the color, but really it's about the phenolics from the skin. How it's made and how it's made is what it makes them unique. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean in the 80s wineries used to have um, holding tanks over their presses so they would the idea was you would crush your grapes as quickly as possible Mm -hmm. get them in these this is white grapes get them in these holding tanks they'd sit on the skins until the press opened up Right. and so it was automatically having skin contact Right. Sure. and some things sat longer maybe because the press broke down or the team the fermentation I mean the cellar crew was overwhelmed or they went to lunch Morgan Twain Peterson
3: the little four year old decided to come in and press his pinot, so everyone had to grind to a halt. Right.
1: That's right. And, and yeah. so those are all things. But one thing that was very common about that time is everybody got rid of their, what they call dejuicing tanks over their presses. Right. And, you know, at St. Jean, you Saint guys Jean, had them. St. Jean, they him. had them, yeah. Because at Kenwood, we stole the idea from St. Yeah. Jean. And I think it got to a point where a lot of those tanks sat empty during harvest mm-hmm. until there was wine to put up them in them when the winery was full. Right. So, yeah.
0: It's really interesting that that whole corridor used to be very, very active and and alive. St. Jean down uh-huh. to Kenwood and yep. and through Cundy and all those. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't seem like it's as
2: well. You know that the forceful
0: anymore. in what we're talking about St.
2: St. Um, Jean, they're not. Uh, they their production is not there anymore. They moved that production to Beringer.
0: Okay, over in Napa, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Yeah.
2: So all it is is a tasting room there now. It's and a
0: yeah. big ass tasting room I'll tell you that it's, a beautiful, it's place. beautiful place yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful place but I mean it's
1: all this space that's yeah. just, just completely just, you know unutilized yeah. and a matter of fact I, I I'm not sure they may not be making wine at Arrowwood anymore they at one point they had moved the wine making of Arrowwood out of Arrowwood and moved it over to Napa yeah I don't mm-hmm. and I don't think they I moved don't. it back.
3: I don't know that they are. I've never seen trucks coming or going Going on that road except going to imagery.
1: It's been been a number of years since they um, made wine there. So, I mean, and to to your comment, John, about, you know, uh, I mean, it was just, I mean, that's still very active there. But you're right. I mean, St. Francis moved down. um, You know, they have their own facility and... Um, down well, the road, a larger
0: facility, and
1: but I mean it's still very active. We it,
0: just tended to go out there from, you know, we were staying at the Sonoma Mission Inn, and yeah. we'd head out twelve and yeah. we'd hit Arrowwood, and, and, there, were, and I mean, there were a lot
1: less cho- choices then. Also,
0: that was what I was going to say. That was what but we ben had. Zager. That right. was like
3: when you thought of wine country in Sonoma, it mm-hmm. was that murderers row of the big wineries yeah. with that had vineyards on the property that when you drove up the driveway Candy. you're driving through the vineyards yeah. and then and, and mean, then it opens up into the big building and mm-hmm. you walk in and you got the tasting room and everything's in stone and it's just it's just a different world I now. I mean so right.
1: Cindy you moved into your facility. Yeah you should see my facility. <laughs> yeah what well, you moved into your facility I mean your tasting room what year?
2: Uh twenty fourteen.
1: So so to go for there, I mean twenty fourteen and there were only a couple of uh, tasting rooms on the square mm-hmm. in as late as 2014 and so right. so you're right I mean that is where people went there were a lot less choices you know I mean out by gunlock Bunchu it was gunlock bunchu and that was about it well, that's and it scribes yeah. out there right scribes and, out there um and you know the Ravenswood tasting room wasn't Ravenswood it was Haywood and I mean it's th- there's just a lot more choices now yeah I guess is is more than anything else
2: well that's a good thing I think. yeah it yeah. is
3: it is well it's just very different i think it's a lo- different a yeah. lot of the younger people too are a little soured on corporate type stuff so they like mm-hmm. finding a place that's kind of funky mm-hmm.
0: yeah
2: i like that too me too i'm not a millennial I do either i like funky
0: <laughs> <laughs> well it's just sad that those big facilities are kind of empty
2: you yeah, know. that's the sad part. Yeah. You
0: see, you see these changes going on. They, you keep it as you know the shell, and and you serve wine there. Well, I guess, what, you was, know, it's, okay. what was across
2: from what was across from um, Chateau Saint Jean? Straight across landmark? landmark.
1: No, it was what? Saint Francis. That was the original. And that was, that was the original, wine. and they
2: moved up the street, Correct. and then and then.
1: And now is, it's isn't now it's naked. Naked wines? wines has the production facility and the. Tasting room as part of the Wilson conglomeration of families. Wilson Daniels? No, no, the Wilson family up in Dry Creek. They have um, uh, Matrix and uh, a bunch of wineries. Naked
2: Wines is kind of like a takeoff of Crush Pad, I
1: think, kind of. Kind of. We did a show at Naked Wines, and Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say the the thing that's different is that, well, (laughs)
0: I just want to add for think them.
1: that you guys were actually making wines and making people into winemakers, yeah. where Naked Wines is trying to find up-and-coming winemakers and helping them helping establish them get them themselves. Yeah. But I think you guys were probably a little more true to the winemaking because you... Well,
0: I, I mean, would agree. Yeah. It was about the wine, not about the money. Yeah, because they've got yeah. a big money thing going, they really do. Yeah. They 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 tapped into it. They were really smart when they did. Well, they
2: figured it out. And They're making a lot of yeah. money,
0: so yeah. it's all okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, hey, oh, yeah, I like making money.
2: I like making money. <laughs> Some <laughs> of those
0: dollars that we heard. I mean, it's four million dollars a month coming in there, just what? on subscription fees. Only. Oh, because you, so
2: you join, you join, and, 40 and you forty bucks a month. Forty bucks a, a month.
0: month. So, so. Uh, and they have 100,000 of those people and that's 4 million a month and why can't so we do that? <laughs> Yeah. Do you Let's sleep
1: well at night?
2: I mean, why can't we do a subscription? Yes. I mean, what, what is you I know, I, right? I, I, Allocation. I totally agree with but what
3: you're saying. I totally agree with what you're saying. You get people together right. like Blair, like like Ben Larks, like I mean, like Steve, like yourself, mm-hmm. like Bart that uh, and say, "You know what? We're going to have our own little cool little crew." Mhm. And we're going to give you killer wines for a great price.
2: And this is your subscription. Yep. Cost.
0: Yep. That's just price of entry and people do it all the time. It's common now. So why not?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that people do it all the time, but that's the, that's their model. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they're sitting on a whole bunch of, of cash. um, And then from there, they're just trying to manage the winemaking as tight as possible, you know, and they sell it all direct um, so that helps them. And mm-hmm.
0: um, what know, did they and, say and they, they give the? And they give, so what do you
2: get for that forty they, bucks? They a give month?
0: the. Uh, <laughs> you get the ability to buy wine for nine dollars. Right. Oh, but, that's but it. But
2: see,
1: but they tell you that it's valued at forty dollars. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and they've been criticized a little bit on their how they come up with what they think the wine should be sold retail. Um, oh, I see. Right. So mm-hmm. they they'll say this is a. $45 retail wine mm-hmm. that you're getting and you're getting it for 19.95 19. and so
0: they also had a mm-hmm. comment about uh, the length of time so it's not just even from the from the grocery store mm-hmm. home out of the car until you drink it it's when that box arrives and then you drink it so yeah, there's no aging of their wines and we we did we tried to okay cab but it wasn't ready at all it really should be sitting and people are going to open it up and drink it instantaneously mm-hmm. soon as to get it You know it's cheap wine delivered to your house which is you know I, I for some people, it, It's all okay. I'm just, uh, you know, as a businessman, I was just amazed at the numbers.
3: Not only that, I mean, you're in awe of the the volume that they're doing, but also they're getting wine into people's mouths who a lot of times wouldn't be drinking wine or have the opportunity to to be drinking Mm -hmm. wine. And so it's, you know what? They're getting people to start drinking wine, Mm -hmm. which is great. Yeah. And
0: then they move up to the good stuff. (laughs) Yeah. They they listen to us.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And then you can, yeah. Then you can go spend two hundred dollars on a Beckstoffer cab if you want, or you can (laughs) come to uh, come to Sante and I'll sell you a glass of uh, Screaming Eagle for nine hundred bucks.
2: Excellent. I thought it was five hundred.
3: No, it's nine hundred. Ouch. Okay.
2: For a glass.
0: Oh yeah. You haven't been in.
2: No, I have not.
0: Cynthia, you want to head over and grab a couple (laughs) after the show? You want to go get a glass (laughs) of Screaming Eagle? Who's buying? I don't think I have that much credit on my credit cards, so wow. you gotta, you got to pop for it today, Cynthia.
1: <laughs> so, so we started to kind of talk about this a little bit. and So, so Cindy mm. has a unique thing in that she has a winery facility that she um, shares with a friend of the podcast, Steve Law from mm-hmm. um, McLaren Wines. Hey Steve. Um, check out those early episodes. We had Steve on for two. And so they share a production facility. They each have their own equipment. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like there's a line down the center, and Mm -hmm. um, they each work on their own projects and probably help each other out once in a while if they really need to. Absolutely. Um, And then Cindy has a tasting room um, down on the square, a a sole standing. You you have it all by yourself, and you have your staff that work it. Yeah. You're found in there behind the bar here Sometimes. and there. I know every right?
4: now and then. Yeah, yep.
1: um, And that's right on the square. So check it out, everybody. Um, what else? We started to talk about all the varieties you make. So how many are there?
2: <sighs>
1: how many different wines right now? On would, the, right now for sale,
2: like maybe 16? sixteen. Maybe,
0: and they're all really reasonable. This is a nice thing. They're really mm-hmm. delicious. Yeah, and break that re- down. So
3: sixteen varietals. What's the total case? Um, Eight production eighteen hundred. Holy
0: shit! <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs>
2: oh
0: my god. Yeah. Well, let's you know. Hey, it's a small amount, but it's split well. And you know, I, I'm
2: a, I'm known I'm known around the square for um, white wines. So people's people, you know, we all help each other. The the wine the tasting rooms on the square, um, and I and they send people down our way if they want white wine. So yeah, yeah. You go You go into most wineries, and I I think this is true. You go into most wineries, they have like maybe two whites, and then the rest are reds.
0: Yep.
3: And a port.
2: You know, right. And maybe a <laughs> right. kind of dessert, dessert wine. wine yeah. so, well, you're, you're talking yeah. the
0: wines Brian likes, you know? I mean, he's... Yeah, he's so I
2: mean, if you like white wines, then, you know, Passaggio. I want to try this Trousseau Gris. Yeah, give him some.
3: Yeah, yeah will you talk a little bit about Trousseau Gris and... Um, I'm sure Thank most you. of the lis- listeners out there probably have never even heard True, of it. True so brown.
2: agree. This is another this is another um wine that some people are making into an orange wine as well. Mm-hmm. Um it's oh, beautiful bouquet on this. Nice. Thank you. This
1: is really 46 cool. Forty six cases, Brian, forty six cases. So yeah. Yeah. two barrels.
0: Two barrels of little angel two share barrels. going out mm. the door.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Uh and some loss in the filtering. <laughs> oh, that's so, quite nice. A little bit in those drains.
3: Yeah.
1: So, so Trousseau and Trousseau Gris are very much the kind of hipster um, grape varieties right now. Yeah. They're, they're a, a newfound popularity. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you're one of the cool kids making it. Well, I'm one of the cool um, kids that
2: are able to get it. And
1: that was my next comment is yes. that, and, and I noticed this is from a, a famous vineyard mm-hmm. for Trousseau. Yeah. Um, a lot of other people that you must share it with. Yeah. Um, you guys all do really nice with it. And yeah. Russian River Valley. Mm-hmm. Finucci. Was mm-hmm. that right? Did I say that right? I think it's Fanuki, but. Fanuki. Yeah, yeah, everybody knows that I have terrible pronunciation that listens to the podcast.
2: Peter Fanuki so. owns this vineyard and um, it's beautiful up there, but, uh, you know, I, I think PAX does this. Um, mm. Two Shepherds. I don't know if you know Two Shepherds. Um, yeah, sure. I can't remember all who has it, but, um, I was able to get, you know, a little, about a little over a ton. Um, and I had to go up there and talk to Peter and kind of beg him. Convince him that you were worthy. (laughs) To give me some, yeah. It was hard to get on his list. Yeah. It's, it's sold out. His fruit is sold out.
1: And it's, um, it's Russian River Valley and a vineyard, doesn't it? So. The grapes for this were probably quite a bit more than they were from some of the Clarksburg Absolutely. varieties and yeah, stuff. Absolutely, just yeah. a little bit. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Do you wear a Coachella <laughs> shirt when you go out there and talk to
2: him? <laughs> He's an interesting character yeah. yeah, to talk to, yeah. But um, I had um, convinced him, and so I was able to get contracted for some.
0: Do you find since you're buying like, in one-ton lots, you don't want a lot more, so you maybe you're able to sneak in there and grab some like this?
2: sometimes and sometimes no some sometimes you can and sometimes they don't want to sell that small of a uh, of a lot they want you to come in and take you know five tons you know yeah so well it's not it sometimes it's not like worth you know, pretty good friends it, though
1: you know the Her, 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 Her- herringers they sell a lot of small lots but they do they would really they would much rather, rather have you come in and buy 20 tons like yeah bring a truck or load in yeah yeah um uh, uh, because they're a big farming outfit, mm-hmm. where um, same th- thing yeah. probably with they're fairly large too. Also, yeah. so but, but it's y- difficult when you're trying to buy small lots.
2: It is hard. Yeah. Well, and, and that's why I like working with smaller growers.
3: Not just difficult for the growers; difficult for the winemaker. I mean, you've got to have the equipment to do small lots.
2: You have to have small tanks, right? Um, yeah.
3: So, so let's say but they've got three tons left over. Mm-hmm. You know that they're like, oh crap, what are we going to do with this? Well, a larger winery is going to say three times i don't even know what to do with that i mean i it wouldn't even fill up one of they my wouldn't tanks fi- right so then in that way you're sometimes you can be a benefit to be a smaller winemaker for them because they yeah, say hey let's right. get rid of the you know all this these little small lots that we have left over right yeah
2: it's like uh, uh you know for instance i don't know if you know jennifer thompson um thompson thompson vineyards thompson okay. vineyards um she's a fourth generation grape wine brewer. grape grower and, uh, uh, 2017, I want to say, she called me, um, Cindy, I've got, you know, so someone took, you know, someone is uh, allotted for, you know, the whole, the whole lot. It's like six tons and they pulled out seven tons right. and, uh, she had a ton left over. And so she calls me, you know, who else is going to take that? Right. Right. So little things like that, you get to. Yeah. But then you
1: know that year you helped Cindy, or you helped Jennifer out, and next year she's looking at you going, "Wow, you paid for your grapes and you helped me out in a jam. Mm-hmm. Oh, what would you like this year?" And so, so that's 2018, 2018 she
2: calls me yeah. right, and she's got uh, she she grows Pinot and Chardonnay out there in, in uh, Carneros, and she says, "I've got an idea for a small producer to do." She said, I've got one row of martini clone that her grandfather planted. I've got one row of 667 and one row of pomard that I'd like a small producer to, I don't know why she, I don't know why, but um, she called me and she wants someone to do that. And I said, so you're talking, you, are you, are you asking me to do, <laughs> to and do that? And what
3: exactly is she saying? She's saying make three different wines she from to, three different rows? Nope.
2: She wanted to do a, a we blend. did a field blend. Uh-huh. Um... And so we brought that in and Phil blended that, and it came out to like maybe um, I think it was like a ton and a half. Um, so we that that's going to come out this fall. Cool. It was so it's so good, um, Carneros, yeah. Napa. It has, it's Napa Carneros, but and now just, and you, you know, said so
3: by the way we're going to do this without the use of oak. Did you say that?
2: <laughs> you know, Pinot mightn't be one of those you could do without oak. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, no, it's in oak. Okay. It's in neutral oak. Nice okay. try, Brian. Nice try, but <laughs> uh, but you know you start re, you start making those relationships like right. that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that's what really has helped. I mean, that's perfect, and it shows good karma. It really does, Cynthia. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that I think that's the coolest. Thank you. I think the last trousseau gray I had was at Burning Man.
2: Wow, <laughs> Just, why?
0: <laughs> it was cold. What. And Brian, I you know what? When you when you um, what? when you t- touch these wines, well, I mean, I thought it was cold because you were at, at Burning Man and you needed something to drink. What? I'm sorry. All right, I'll shut right, up. See yeah. you later. Bye. You know what? Yeah. I'm going to the dentist. <laughs>
1: that, that, that was a nice attempt. That was a nice attempt. Um, <laughs> I'm out of here. Um, Wait, we're, we're where are los- you going? We're we're losing our <laughs> controller. <laughs>
3: All right, let's get back. I just to mean over. it's so, very, it's very hip, grape to be working with. That's all right. I'm saying. Yeah, I, I'm really, I'm
2: really glad to be able to get it. Yeah, we, yeah.
1: we, we kind of make fun of some things on the, on the podcast <laughs> on a normal basis, and not that Trousseau Gris is, but we do hip, make fun of hipsters wines. You know, the, the, it's funny over at uh, Backroom Wines. Um,
2: well, the, I haven't been there in a long time.
1: Yeah, you know, th- um, they sold. A couple years ago, and the new ownership's done a great job. But uh, somewhere along the way, they actually, when they send out their email, they have, they, I think it's a little hat that they put on that are the hipster wines, and they actually designate certain wines as being hipster wow. wines. Wow, that's um, interesting. So it's an interesting way to market.
3: Yeah, it. so. it's funny how that became an, um, uh, it became an adjective. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that like right? people you now use for tasting notes. I mean, right? Uh, yeah, like I see the, that at Bottle Barn sometimes yeah. on some of the yeah one of these cool new hipster wines. I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> what does that mean?
0: Oh, <laughs> it means I'm supposed to want to buy it. If you want to be a hipster, yeah, I guess so. I well, yeah, I don't know. Do you have a burning desire to be a hipster, Brian? I, I don't know what I would have to do to even become a hipster, John. I I think you're I'm at the age there, man. where I just
3: kind of like the things I like.
2: <laughs> so what wines are they drinking then? What wines are the hip hipsters quote unquote? You know drinking. stuff
3: that's unique, um, different, um, sometimes hard to find. Uh-huh. I,
1: I think a lot but, of it is that there's a there's a whole group of people that are, st- you know, how many little small wineries are there like us now, Cindy? That, you know, there's a group of people and they're trying to differentiate themselves. So you're looking for anything that might be. Uniquely mm-hmm. planted. Well, and, and 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 that
3: nothing made. that your parents drank. Right. Right. No right. Pinot, no Chard, no, no Cab. Right. No Chardonnay, no um, Yeah. Right.
2: Um,
1: Got it. And, and so I think it's just a matter of trying to establish yourself as doing something a little different and um, get someone to take a look at your wines, right? Mm-hmm. And And I think wine buyers are more apt. It used to be, you know... It, it was Chardonnay and Cab. You know, wine buyers, it's, you had to have something to get in the door. And then it was anything but Chardonnay and mm-hmm. anything but Cab. And, um, yeah. and and now it's, you know, wine buyers will look at stuff and say, I mean, you've had this. I mean, I, I have. You know, when I first started Shenan, people would mm-hmm. go, eh. and now they're like, oh, you got a Shenan, Right. right. Exactly. You know, they're giving you a little more attention. Mm-hmm. And, that's right. I mean, that's about as hipster as I get is the Shenan. you know, because... Um, but I like your shenanigans. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely varieties out there um, that are, you know, there's not many of them around.
3: Uh, every case comes with some uh, mustache wax. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what? That's what it is at Backroom. It's a mustache. It's Is that what they put on Yeah, that's what they put on it. Not a, a little hat, it's with a, a little <laughs> mustache. <laughs> Perfect.
2: <laughs> is that on the bottle? A little mustache? It's on the
1: shelf talker. <laughs> oh, wow. Actually,
2: yeah. You're
0: serious? <laughs> yeah. On serious. the shelf talker. To- yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Yep. yep. Man, if you don't know you're a hipster, just go buy this wine, man, and you'll be there. That's how you do it, Brian. Just so look for the little mustache. Button.
1: So, Cindy, yes. have you <laughs> have you gotten out in the um, gotten out and looked at any vineyards this spring? We started to talk about it. it's spring here. I've in looked Soma at a Valley. couple. Yes,
2: I've looked at a couple. Yeah, yeah. And you um, know, I <laughs> yesterday was so hot. I was like, oh my gosh, um, is it going to be early? I don't know. You know, is it? Is, is uh, harvest going to be early this year? Yes. I think so.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I, I I mean that'll I,
1: all depend on what happens. I mean, you know bud break is not was not as early this year as it has been the last few years. but, um, but there's a lot yeah. of energy because in the ground, yeah. Um, it was a colder than normal winter. so we have vines that truly went dormant, I mm-hmm. think this year, which we ne- haven't necessarily had in past years. Mm-hmm. Um, I always wonder how that um, affects it. Um, but there's a lot of water. There's a lot of energy. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, the telling tales will tell it's supposed to be warm again this week. Right. I mean, it's amazing how much the cover crops have grown, Mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, there's a lot of vineyards out there that almost appear to be organic then it's not that it's just that people couldn't get out and spray roundup yet so they look like they're organic vineyards but they're not it's right. just and things are just growing like crazy um, but there's definitely been in the last five days a bunch of stuff has gotten mowed and it's starting to look a little more organized out there now yeah um, I
2: I saw someone suffering. Too. So yeah. Sulfurings yeah. going on. Yeah. The, I saw some sulfuring yeah. yesterday myself.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so that started. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe we're done with rain. I um, hope. I think this would be, this would be a great year that there's n- no reason that we'd need any more rain until fall. Right. Because um, the terrace, I mean the um, the ponds are full and um, the groundwater should be full. Um, so let's just hope for a, you know, nice kind of temperate spring. Even. And even. Nice. Even. even and yeah. And and no frost and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, but time will tell. Yeah,
3: Cindy, you ever thought about doing a sparkling?
2: You know, I was I was looking at I've been looking at Pet Nat. Okay. And I'm trying to figure that out. Yeah. It's it's a little scary.
3: You you know, yeah, we
2: I don't know if people know what Pet Nat. We've heard is. some some of the same a stories. <laughs> you know,
3: Karen Robinson. I don't know if you know Karen. Had some issues where he wasn't even selling it. He would yeah. only sell it in the tasting room where it came with it. an explanation. <laughs> yeah, it basically this it's is how not to screw up your ceiling right. at home. Yeah, um, yeah a lot of problems. A scary. Blair um, Guthrie, who was on, I don't know, if last week time. or the yeah. week before. Was was doing a thing and and getting dry ice and he mm-hmm. actually popping the capsule yep. and it a little bit more controllable um, right. pressure. You can control it. So it seemed it. Yeah. like it was there was ways to do it. I mean, you're small enough to where you could do something like that. I think he had to do that by hand with 40 cases or something. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, yeah. But um,
2: I think I could do it by hand. I have I, been kind of looking at that, maybe trying that.
3: What what varietal do you think you'd want to do I it? I don't with? know. Okay. I think Shannon's. A Shannon
2: great sounds like a good. Yeah, fit I mean, because of the yeah, aromatics and, and yeah,
3: yeah,
1: acidity um, and, and they do, you know, sparkling Shannon in the Loire, right? Yeah. Um,
2: didn't it? Didn't, isn't that how it started out? It, yeah, yeah, I think right? so. Shannon was. I mean, sparkling? I guess
1: the thing for me with Petnat is that I don't, I don't have enough confidence just to say. I'm gonna wait. I'd have to follow somebody's recipe to be quite
2: honest. Yeah, like, I, you and me—that's right. that's what I've been saying. Like I've been, at been looking at it and trying to figure out do how you that put it in, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because, you know, like you said, Brian, you don't want you know exploding yeah. caps and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. bottles. Going and Blair seemed
0: place. to be really aware of that. Like he was—he said every bottle was exploding right when you opened it. I mean, isn't well, that the crazy. big problem? And you know, he said uh, people were losing half the bottle on the floor and yeah. damaging their gotta, ceilings, literally. you got to bring and the pressure down so, a little. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
1: um, um, Casey Graybill, um, you know, he did some this year, and I think he's pretty happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, well,
3: that's a good person to talk to then. Someone, I mean, yeah. you've got a great relationship. Somebody that was successful? Well, so not success. only successful, yeah. but someone that is currently watching over your, your barrels. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um,
1: so, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's kind of appealing. I think the first time around, I'd probably just, you know, do a few cases of it and mm-hmm. keep it for home consumption mm-hmm. and sharing with friends. I, I'd be
3: willing to you know, drink some of those if you need someone. You yeah, we'll, oh, Brian, we'll
0: be your really? tasters. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cynthia, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. a real it. pleasure. You. And yeah. this is the time of the show where we kind of toss it to Brian. Brian, what's going on? I want to get all um, Cindy's contact info for her website so people Please, can reach let's out do to that. her.
3: Yeah.
2: PassagioWines.com. And
3: it's P-A-S-S-A-G-G-I-O. And I know personally that I would misspell it on the <laughs> <laughs> on the wine list at the Girl on the Fig. A lot of people read about the second G. Yeah, and I apologize That's okay. for that. But um, so please hit her up. And like she said, especially if you are, like myself, primarily a white wine drinker. I'm, I mean, I'm in the 90 percentile of white wine drinking. A lot of it has to do with the time I get off of work and... You know, it's Mm -hmm. twelve one o'clock at night. I want something light. I want something some acidity, and I don't want anything heavy. And so I and and I, I love drinking wine on nice hot days. So, and with all those different vials, you just have a lot of toys. You have a lot of toys that it's you have a very fun toy store. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And and Cindy's pretty (laughs) active on social media. You have a good Instagram feed, and you're pretty good on. Do you do? Yeah, you're on Facebook too. Yeah. um so There's check her out on there yeah. and um uh, if you're coming to sonoma maybe plan on going down to the tasting room and um mm-hmm. checking out the wines um
3: yeah once again one of those people off the beaten path that you are not going to see in um you know she's not going to have a full page ad in wine spectator no. for come to sonoma and visit her tasting room so it's going to be on you you gotta ask around we'll do that ask for people. Her. you, you we'll do yep, that for her you mentioned
1: yep. something earlier you have um Thursday. What what did you call it? Your happy so I'm hour? doing
2: yeah I'm doing happy hour on Thursday for the locals, uh, from three to six. Okay, so if you're and in you Sonoma, you get from, half off. Yeah, uh, oh there you glasses go. Glasses of wine. Yep.
1: Awesome. Okay, that's awesome. Well, yep. Brian.
3: Um. Well, and then any um, anyone that wants to come do a tour here, you know, I I know a guy. Uh, he you know a tours. guy <laughs> um, <laughs> who knows a guy at uh, wine zulu z-o-o-l-o-o.com and do some tours take you to some cool spots in sonoma or napa whatever you're into you can go up north dry creek russian river whatever um all tailored to your needs mm-hmm. um and uh well we always like to give a shout out to todd todd jolly at hey, todd uh, sonoma's, sonoma's best, best. absolutely we all love him and um and also Bottle Barn because mm. that's my I love that personal yeah. between Oliver's and Bottle Barn. I think that's pretty much where most of my you money goes. You just don't need anything else
0: other than Sonoma's uh, <laughs> best. Those, those.
3: I mean, I pay my car insurance and then it's Oliver's and Bottle Barn. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then Sam, uh, Sam's not here today. He, his daughter is uh, having her eight-week-old checkup. So I think for us, we're all amazed that it's already been eight weeks <laughs> since she was born and. Um, I talked to him the other day and he, he told me a story about how she started laughing from like something that he did and it was the first time. So that was pretty, pretty cool. So I I know they're, they're not going to be the
3: last laugh that that kid had. No, (laughs) no, no, no. exactly.
1: (laughs) All right. Um, right. And then I'm going to, I just have a shout out to all of you podcast listeners, um, who, uh, to write to us and interact with us on social media and emails. Um, I know we just had a request for some information for someone planning a trip, and I need to get back to them on my side um, with some suggestions. Also, for my, uh, my benefit uh, ride that I'm doing yeah. for uh, No Hungry Child, hmm. um, thank you all of you who have contributed. Uh, I've had an amazing response from podcast listeners that have contributed towards my fundraising, nice. and I really appreciate that. But we can always use more. Um, but we can always use more. There's yeah, still plenty tough. of room to go. <laughs> And um, the more and more I check out what these guys are doing, the more and more I'm amazed at the work they're doing. I mean, it, it's it's these programs are really working, and they're feeding they're feeding kids on a regular basis. And then the other thing is they're educating families how to cook for themselves affordably. So, um, check it out online. Uh, No Hungry Kids, and the event is called Chef Cycle. Yeah, and and
3: Cole Dickinson, the chef from, um, you know, MacArthur Place, the new Layla. uh, I mean, he's the chef for the entire place, but he's going to be on that ride with you. And I I just heard today, because I know the locals have been wondering when that place is going to open, that they are starting their soft opening, I believe, this weekend. It's just going to be friends and family. So it's a go. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and if you're curious, you can check out Cole's Instagram feed. He's been um, posting a lot of uh, previews of some of the food they're doing, and mm. it looks good. It's gonna be it's gonna be really Excellent. really fun. I, I know, it's, it's gonna be something different for Sonoma, which mm-hmm. I know some locals complain that everything is the same. Personally, I can find plenty of places to eat in town.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, hey, uh, Cynthia, thank you so very, very, very much. Thank it's you. Appreciate it, Brian. Again, thank you. And Bart. So, and above thank you, all, John. thanks to all of our listeners. We are the winemakers. Yes, we see yes. you guys next thank week. You. Peace.